Welcome to episode number 33 of The Thermal. I'm your host, Harry Tenkate. In this episode of The Thermal, the devastating impact of the cheating scandal at the 2019 Women's World Gliding Championships. We speak to a pilot that was a member of the disqualified Australian team. The next Women's Worlds are happening this summer in the UK. Elena Yakumchuk is a Ukrainian pilot who will be going to the contest despite the terrible war that's ripping her nation apart. We hear her story. And a primer on this summer's Women's World Gliding Championships, we talk to contest director Liz Sparrow. That's all in episode number 33 of The Thermal. The 2019 Women's World Gliding Championships at Lake Keep It Australia have been nothing but an unmitigated nightmare for the Australian team. In a nutshell, the team was accused of cheating by accessing and using the official non-time-delayed data G-Track Live. This data gives real-time information of where all the competitors are in real time. In theory, that data can be used to give pilots an unfair advantage by sending them to areas of stronger conditions that's being used by the competition. During the contest, the contest competition director imposed a penalty of 25 points per day on each Australian pilot. After the competition, the German and British teams successfully appealed to the FAI to have all of the Australian results invalidated. An appeal of the decision by the Australian team was unsuccessful. The Australian team has been absolutely gutted by the experience and maintained that they didn't cheat. Jenny Thompson was one of the competitors and along with other team members have created a website to explain and defend what happened. I've reached Jenny in Brisbane, Australia. Hello, Jenny. Hi, Harry. So before we get into the details of what happened in 2019, talk to me about the impact this fiasco has had on you and your teammates. Uh, it's been really significant. Um, this saga has been going on for two years and um, all the nine pilots involved and the team captain and coaches have similarly been affected. But I guess uh, it's, it's affected different people in different ways. Um, but the, the overall summary I think you could say is that all of us have lost our interest in flying, probably lost our interest in competition. Um, We've lost our inspiration. All the hard work we put in um, seems almost for nothing. And uh, I think the other thing that's had an effect, because we were the, the leading pilots in Australia for women, it's had an effect on women in gliding generally in Australia, I'd have to say. Hmm. And and the stress on you and your teammates, I mean, it's also, I heard from you that one of your colleagues, it's it's also physical. Yes, yes. So, uh, one of the girls started to lose her hair through the stress. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, other people haven't been able to talk to it. One girl's had to go and seek help for it. Mm -hmm. uh, it's been a really big impact. Um, I can actually, I'd like to actually read you, um, one of the girls is a lawyer. And if, if you wouldn't mind, I can I just give you a quick sure. um, read of her statement. Um, on our website that we've prepared to sort of display our facts, there's a couple of other statements. But this one's just come in because... I think it's worthwhile, um, if you don't mind. Um, she says, Person personally for me, we were forever branded cheats and I will never live it down. The system systematically failed us at every turn and I struggle with the label of cheat when we never received natural justice and a fair hearing 
It has fundamentally shaken my belief in international competition. Worse for IGC and FAI, I was hoping to be a future volunteer at the international level, either as an IGC rep, help write rules, competition juror or steward. With my legal background, I would have been a, brought a great skill to the IGC and FAI, but now not only will I not be valued or desired by those groups because I've been labelled a cheat, but I feel unwelcome at international level. I've also had my honour impinged upon by a kangaroo court, a forum where I didn't get a chance to reply to evidence provided by other parties, where it appears that my word, um, how I behaved and reacted in the event was not believed, something I take seriously. Mm. For me, my legal background, this is unfathomable and has serious reputational consequences. Right, Um, so in in her professional life, it it could have consequences. It's had um, an effect on at least three of them in their professional lives as well. Hmm. Well, let's. Uh, <laughs> what we're actually talking about here in the big picture was was an alleged conspiracy to cheat that involved you and the entire team. Mm. Take take me back to 2019 and tell me what happened. Yeah, sure. Um, I probably need to give you a little bit of background on tracking. Yeah. Um, I don't know whether. Yeah, I was going to ask you so. Yeah, as we get back to 2019, what happened? Yeah, talk to me about tracking in a way that my mother will understand and how this data could be used to your advantage. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so tracking goes back. um, Flams came out in 2004, and tracking technologies as such with the Open Glider Network really came about in about 2008, um, and it got further developed uh, by way of example in the Hungary World Comps the organisers started providing trackers for the top competitors mm-hmm. with no delays on them. And um, then the some people in the IGC got worried about the technology and tried to um, put some rules in, in 2018, 2019 to stop live tracking. Um, and there's a bit of, on our website and in other areas, you'll be able to find out how that all went. But it, in essence, um, the rules that were tried to be introduced were all rejected. So the rules that we had at the time allowed private open glider network um, and it didn't require the organisers to provide a secure source of tracking. Um, so we we were faced with a set of rules um, that were, we believed were completely within what we were allowed to do. Right. So, yeah, to, yeah. So, so, but before we go much further down that side of the story, the advantage potentially for pilots if they have access to this network, you can see what the competition is doing, maybe find a stronger thermal 10K off track, that kind of thing. That's that's the worry about having live tracking. That, that's that's uh, correct. I think um, more importantly, I think the community that doesn't believe in it um, thinks that it's ruining gliding because uh, team captains will direct people where to go and the the personal effort of the pilot is somewhat reduced. So it's it's more of a taking control from the team captain point of view rather than letting people fly their own race. I think that's some of the, the worry. Right. So for you guys, 2019, the competition is on mm. and... Yep. What happens? Somebody notices that somebody in your team has accessed this information, this data during the competition. What 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 happened? 
So we had been using this system, and I can talk more about the, the so-called system a bit later, but the event itself, um, we were using radio. Our team captain and coaches were using radio to give us information from the so-called system. And so that was public knowledge. And being an English-speaking, <clears throat> excuse me, English-speaking country, um, most of the other teams were listening to our frequency, being the local team as well. Mm -hmm. But people um, during the competition heard us talking about uh, um, locations and weather and, and other things that were available to us that they didn't seem to have available to them and they questioned it. Uh, so on the last day of competition, we were all sort of lined up on the grid and ready to go. Um, but the weather was pretty inclement and it was unlikely we were going to fly. And then we got um, our team captains and things get messages saying um, we uh, believe that the illicit data has been obtained by the Australian team and um, we believe that the uh, they didn't use the word cheat, they used the word uh, illicit data being used to advantage or something like that. Um, so that was on the last day and... Uh, so and that was a huge shock for everybody. Oh, just the t the pilots were sitting on the grid and had no idea what was going on, mm -hmm. and suddenly this thing exploded in front of our eyes. Um, so three hours later, we were issued a penalty of two hundred and fifty points for each pilot. Mm -hmm. um, the day didn't eventuate so for each Australian pilot on your team. Each Australian yeah. pilot. Yep. Yep. Um, and so we, um, <clears throat> excuse me, rustled together an appeal to the jury. Um, on that day, and it turned out that that became the last day and the closing dinner was that night as well. So the time frames were all squished up. Mm. And so we appealed to the jury and we got an amended penalty um, at the end of the day of 225 points each instead of 250. Mm. So that's 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 what happened on the day. Um, so, but getting back to this data, that information, the, the live tracking, I have to ask, did, did your team members or the, the coaching staff or your, you know, the people helping you, did they actually illegally access this information when they weren't allowed to use it or not? What, what happened there? No, no. so the, um, I have to talk about the system itself in a minute. But the, to answer your question, no, the um, area of the website where we got the tracking data was not password protected. So. Right. Um, we were able to access that without a password. Mm -hmm. And it, the other thing is uh, that wasn't the only source of data. We were using OGN Flight Radar 24, um, and uh, our own flams were probably better than better than any of the tracking data. So it wasn't that wasn't the sole source of data. Now were other teams using those other systems as well, or or was it yeah, just so your team? Yeah. So. Everyone had available to them the OGN, which had about a 50k radius out of Lake Keeper. Mm -hmm. And Flight Radar 24 is available on people's um, devices if they. Sure, it's on my cell phone, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, so they had that available to them. Um, the only additional information we had was from Flight Radar 24, which comes out of the Salyan and, uh, sorry, Live Track 24. Live Track, G I'm sorry, G Track Live, mm -hmm. which was the organizer system, which came out of the cellular system. Right. Instead of uh, OGN base stations. So that live tracking information was accessed by your, your coach? Yes. Okay. Did that go against the spirit of what was intended with the, the rules and the amended rules at the time? 
Um, don't well, if you're flying in a competition, you fly by the rules, mm-hmm. and the rules uh, don't um, preclude any of that. The there's a, a I can go if I just go back to I'll just find some of these rules for you. Um, so but, es- but essentially, yeah. you don't feel, or your your entire team, even though you use some of this information, you felt it was within the rules, the framework itself. Yeah, yeah, we didn't have. Um, I, I particularly myself looked up the rules and thought, no, that all fits in within the rules. Mm-hmm. Um, I mm-hmm. have a problem with it, and yeah, and many of the others had gone to that length as well. Mm-hmm. So it's complicated. It's some people thinking the the rules work one way and then others the other way so it's it's not everybody was on the same page when it came to using this live tracking data uh no um i can't speak for all the other girls Mm -hmm. but uh well the contest in general all the all the oh yeah 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 so i i I think that there was also some confusion on the organizers part as to what rules did apply Mm -hmm. And uh, initially, they were applying a rule that didn't exist that had been gone to the had gone through the IGC plenary um, in previous months, but then been rejected. Mm-hmm. So I think some people were under the impression that the, there was a different rule in place. So you, your team was penalised at the contest, as you just told us, and then after the contest, the German and British teams actually appealed to the FAI to, to actually get you completely disqualified. And they actually succeeded in that. And if I understand it correctly, you guys appealed that, but the appeal failed. Talk, talk to me about the process. To, I gather what well, you said your colleague considers it a, a kangaroo court. Yeah, sure. Um, so just to clarify, we put an appeal in, um, appealing the 225-point penalty. Right away, yeah, uh, at the contest. Right away. And we, we did that within the, the correct time frame. The British and Germans put in an appeal after the fact and they were granted an extension by the FAI. Mm-hmm. So they technically um, didn't meet the deadline for the, their appeal. Mm-hmm. Yes, that's correct. Um, they, um, they were successful and we weren't. The um, competition, at, uh, the appeal itself was... Um, Tell me yeah. a bit about, before we go on to the, your appeal... Mm. So the Australian, sorry, the uh, the British and German teams appealed to have you completely disqualified, which was successful. Who are the people deciding this? I understand it's a, a body, an FAI body with three members. That's right. So the, the process of lodging the appeal is you lodge the appeal, the FAI accepts that it's a valid appeal, and then they establish a tribunal, and that's the three people. It's called the International Arbitration Tribunal, IAT. Right. And then they go away and gather the facts as they see them and produce a statement of facts. And the um, the statement of facts process goes backwards and forwards between the appeal parties and to gather what the IAT eventually comes up with as their final statement of facts. Mm-hmm. Um, and that process... Did they ever interview you? No. They inter- didn't interview as such any of the pilots, uh, when we had the hearing in December 2020, we were allowed to have one spokesperson, and that was one of the pilots, but we've never been interviewed. And how qualified were the members of this tribunal? 
Um, I, I don't know what their qualifications are, but uh, two were from the gliding movement and one, I believe, was from the balloon movement. I'm not sure. Hmm. Um, but I don't believe they had legal backgrounds or sought legal advice. Hmm. I can't be sure, and that, that would be a statement I'm just guessing at. But in the end now, this, this process is done. It's finished. There's no other legal avenue for the Australian team of 2019 to, to go. Is that right? That's correct. So when we um, had our final decision made last December, mm-hmm. um, we were under the FAI rules, we were given 21 days to appeal to the higher court, which is the, the last court you can use, with the Court of Arbitration for Sport in Switzerland, which handles all sporting arbitration matters. Mm-hmm. And um, we had that 21 days, but it fell over the Christmas period for our holidays in Australia. So um, there was a confusion over... When, they, when we had to have a deadline to be lodged and our solicitor lodged that six hours late due to confusion over holidays. And, and they wouldn't uh, give a six-hour extension? Uh, they may have done, but the FAI appealed that six hours as being un- invalid and then the court accepted the FAI's appeal. Huh. Yeah, so... <laughs> Now you've launched this website with your other teammates to try and really get your side of the story out. Uh, mm. What what do you hope to achieve with this? Just just to try and clear your names a little bit in the court of public opinion. What's what's the goal? That, that's a very good summary. Yeah, um, given we're going to forever be labelled as the people who were disqualified from the competition, and the whole team was disqualified, and given also that we stayed very quiet during the appeal process over two years because we thought that that was the right thing to do and let the appeal process run its course without us um, intervening in the public arena. Yeah, I've got to say, Um, I I tried to do this story in the podcast and I couldn't get anybody to talk. Yeah. So we were very mindful of, we're very, the great shame of this is all nine of us are are very ethical um, people and we're we're, we're just blown away by this accusation, if you like. And so we all along wanted to play by the rules and not get involved in in anything that was would impact the appeal either way. Mm-hmm. Um, so now the website is just for us to clear our names and for people to hear our story because we've never been able to tell it. So, Jenny, when the tribunal ruled and basically disqualified uh, all the Australian team from the World Gliding Championship results from 2019 – which rules did they say you actually broke? Uh, so there's the rub. Um, they never actually cited a rule in their um, decision. So the basis of the disqualification was that we competed in irregular conditions and contravened spirit of fair competition and attempted to get competitive competitive advantage. And that they also noted that we should have notified the organisers of our irregular conditions. Um, what, is, what does so that mean? What does an irregular condition mean? What are we talking we, about? We have no idea what they mean by regular conditions. Hmm. And to be cited, to, to the lack of citing a rule and then to put a term in that's never been used um, in rules before um, is such, um, for us it was was just um, extraordinary, I suppose. Right. So I basically mean, they're, they're saying you you – broke the spirit of, of the, the, the rules is what they're trying to say, but they can't cite a yeah. specific rule. 
but but bottom line is you and your teammates feel 100% that you did not cheat. Yeah, absolutely. Um, we've said that over and over again. Um, that's a hand on our hearts. We didn't. Now the 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 worlds are the women's worlds are happening again in the in the UK this summer. I, I imagine there's an Australian team going or not. What's happening there? No, <laughs> uh, no Australians will be going there, and I doubt they'll be going to any future competitions overseas. Wow, not not just the women's, but all the men's. Oh, that... sorry, the men. The men will do. They, mm -hmm. they had the 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 bashing we've had. <laughs> right, right. Wow, so no Australian team at the Worlds that are coming up in, in the UK, and you guys would have been sort of top contenders. Yeah, they have, we have some, some good pilots, and um, but, yeah, we're, we're beaten up. <laughs> I have to say we're beaten up. Yeah. yeah. Um, the other thing is we feel very unwelcome. We would feel like we were walking to a lion's den. I could imagine that uh, especially since all the appeals failed but you know what what I don't quite understand and I've covered enough stories in my journalism career about people being in jail for decades for crimes they didn't commit and all that sort of stuff and it's usually one person or that kind of thing but to have a conspiracy among your entire team and all of you to try and cheat and do this sort of thing it it, it doesn't quite make the are for me. I mean, I, I've read the accounts, I've read the decisions, but it's something just doesn't quite feel right. But I don't yeah. know what can ever, you're, you're kind of done with this, right? You have to live with this. There's, there's nothing that can be done. No, no, nothing left in our toolbox. That's right. So that, that's why we've put the website together, just to give people an inkling of, of the lengthy process, um, the pitfalls of the appeal process. Um, We've, we've uh, our national body ASAC has written to the FAI to suggest some changes in their appeal processes. Mm -hmm. um, one of which is the timeliness of it. Yeah. Um, I mean, this should not have dragged out over two years. Hmm. Jenny, be, before I let you go, tell me a little bit about the impact this has had on you personally. Yeah, for me personally, I'm pro the reason I'm sitting in the podcast and the others aren't is probably I, I'm the one that's um, more resilient, I suppose, most resilient out of all of them. Mm -hmm. um, and um, due to some personal circumstances, I wasn't really ready to fly in the, the world comp. So my performance wasn't a criteria for me. Mm -hmm. So that, that I don't, I don't have the personal side of um, feeling that, that I could have done better or the failure of uh, all the things associated with what's happened. Right. But, but I have spent, uh, along with many others, an inordinate amount of my life in the last two years trying to clear my name. And anyone who knows me uh, would know that I stand on that pillar of right and, and belief in justice and, and that's been quite shattered. Mm -hmm. um, I don't... I don't think there is a right and anymore. Right. Yeah. I think, yeah, I don't. I don't believe that justice exists in this sport now. Hmm. Well, I'm certainly sorry to hear that. Now, um, before I let you go, please give me the the website so that listeners can can read up and get more background on this story. Yeah, sure. So it's www. wwgc. A U S. P-O-R-Y dot com dot A-U. Okay. I will put that uh, 
on my Facebook page as well, and also put it uh, up to the listeners again so they can go go to that. So thank you very much for telling us this story. Uh, I do hope you continue to fly and enjoy your flying, even though it won't be competition flying, and, uh, and enjoy the, the the beauty of our sport as much as you can. Yeah, it's where all nine of us are trying to find some some passion back. So in time we will. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, this has been such a, a long journey. It'll take, it'll take time to get that going again. And it is a beautiful sport. It's yeah. a, And competition is a lot of fun. Like it's it's just one of the best things you can do in gliding. Mm-hmm. Um, hopefully we can get that back. Yeah. Jenny, I wish you and your teammates all the best. Take care. Thank you very much, Terry. Okay. Bye-bye. Jenny Thompson was a member of the disqualified Australian team at the 2019 Lake Keep It Women's World Gliding Championships. I spoke to her from Brisbane. For more information, go to the website www.gcozteamstory.com.au. That's www.gcozteamstory.com.au. I'll put the link up on the Thermal's Facebook page. On an upcoming episode of the Thermal, I'm hoping to get the other side of this complicated story. Stay tuned. What do most of the record-breaking pilots you hear on the thermal have in common? Almost all of them use SkySight, the fabulous weather app designed with glider pilots in mind. If you want to learn more about how this weather app works, listen to SkySight's founder, Matthew Scudder, on episode number seven. For listeners of the thermal who are interested in trying out SkySight to maximize their cross-country flying or just figure out if it's worth the drive to the club, use the voucher promo code THERMAL in capital letters and you'll get a 14-day free trial. Ukrainian glider pilot Elena Yakumchuk is going to this summer's Women's World Gliding Championships in the United Kingdom. With her nation being ripped apart by war, it's been a long, harrowing spring for Elena. I've reached her in Berlin, Germany. Hello, Elena. Thanks so much for speaking to me today on the podcast. Hello, Harry. It's nice to meet you. And thank you for inviting me. Yeah, my pleasure. Now, before we get into your effort to get to the world, how has the war impacted your life? What's happening with you? Okay, Uh, so definitely it impacted my life. And the most important thing is that my family members, myself and my close friends are currently safe and alive, Mm -hmm. which isn't true for other people in Ukraine because uh, the impact could depend on the place where they lived, the occupation, the state of health, and things like that. Mm-hmm. Well, in my case, all good uh, so far uh, as it could be. But uh, imagine waking up at 5 a.m. just from the sound of explosions. And the first thing I did, I reinstalled Facebook on my smartphone because I didn't use it. Mm-hmm just to double check what's happening because I realized that there is nothing on the news yet. And uh, the first messages I saw the post were just, we are being bombed. Wow. And uh, my family uh, wasn't that much pessimistic, so uh, rather vice versa, we 
couldn't believe that the invasion could happen. So we didn't do much like packing and preparation. But we had a decision that if it starts, we go away from Kyiv. And that's what we did. It was one hour of packing the things. My daughter asked me for how long. Uh, the reply was for long. Yeah. And we went uh, to our mother, my mother-in-law uh, place, which is near Hostomel and Bucha. And probably you already all know these small um, cities near Kiev, which were one of the most heavy atrocities. Yes, there are uh, terrible stories them. coming out of there. That's true. So we were planning to pick up our mom and go further, uh, but then we got stuck for a day and uh, the fight uh, for the Hostomel airfield, which is the home airfield for Maria airplane started. Right. And we actually spent one day in the base basement because we couldn't move further. There were heavy traffic jams and the shelling started. So we spent the day and the night uh, in the almost center of it. And the next day we left. Hmm. And to leave was one of the best decisions we could do for my family. Because afterwards, uh, my home uh, in Kiev was destroyed by a hit missile. Wow. So it's no longer suitable for living. And, and had you stayed, uh, the, you you could have you could be dead. Uh, I can I actually do not want to think in that way. Definitely, it would represent a huge danger to the life of my husband, myself, and my daughter. So I'm uh, glad that we made this decision. And many other neighbors also left by that time. So uh, the number of deaths was not high. There were right. injuries. But again, uh, that event made me think further. And that was actually the trigger for me and my daughter to leave uh, Ukraine. And we are now in Germany, in Berlin, and trying to settle our lives here for some time, for sure. Now, yeah, and luckily right you're, now, you're safely there, but I imagine your husband had to stay. Yes, that's what I was going to say. My husband and his mom decided to stay there in West Ukraine and thinking about coming back to Kiev at some points of time. But it has been the impact on many families that they were broken up. Yeah, yeah. Now, I, I spoke to a gliding colleague of yours, uh, Andriel, a few weeks ago. Um, do you know how he's doing? I know he's okay. Uh, so um, he and actually many other uh, guys are coming back to Kiev. And uh, as there are no more uh, activities, the military activities on the ground around Kiev, so people are trying to do as much as possible to mm -hmm. restore, to clean, uh, to remove all the garbage, all the damages and wreckages. And that's what he's also doing, including on our airfield. So how is the airfield? I understand there was quite a bit of damage with the, the fighting that was happening there. And that's correct. 
So as you uh, might already know from uh, Andre, uh, so the Invaders fighter actually got crashed straight above our airfield and it uh, fell onto the camp facilities. And also as the club was just 35 kilometers away from Kiev, uh, the front line at some point was very near and there was quite heavy shelling across. So even until now, uh, we are not sure about the damages and actually about uh, estimating the damages, but they are quite heavy because club buildings and facilities were destroyed or burned completely. Uh, some hangars uh, suffered. Uh, for the, uh, in relation to the fleet, I don't have information, so it still needs to be estimated and checked uh, carefully. One thing that is uh, now being done by our club members, so they volunteer and they just walk around the airfield to collect all garbage and possibly the unexploded shells. Wow. So the first thing what they need to but do unimaginable is make for it me. safe. It's, I'm trying to imagine what you guys have to go through. I'm trying to imagine if that was my gliding club. It's just staggering what you guys are going through. It's a pain. It's yeah. for sure a pain. Elena, tell me about your efforts to get to the World uh, Women's World Guiding Championships, which are happening in the UK later this summer. Do you, I know you've been trying to raise money. Do, do you have a glider? Do you have enough funding to go? What's the status now? Oh, thank you for this question. And, you know, I would like to start uh, with big thanks to Liz Sparrow, and her team and uh, i'm sure there are many more other people uh, who are contributing to this to make it happen but liz sparrow was uh, the person who actually contacted me sometime earlier when i was still in ukraine and asked if i'm interested but you know uh, my first answer was that probably i cannot make it and uh, then we didn't talk about it for a while mm -hmm. And uh, some time later, uh, more people reached out to me and asked if I'm interested and even tried to encourage me to go to the championship. And um, I refused because quite it, it's a difficult thing, to, it's a big project to plan. Mm -hmm. And uh, as many more people started to approach me with uh, encouragements, I thought, okay, if I have this help, maybe I can make it. And that's how it all started. But again, uh, the first and greatest uh, acknowledgement and huge thanks are to Liz. Well, I'll be talking to Liz uh, after our interview uh, later today. And I'll, I'll, awesome. I'll certainly let her know. But yes, that's fantastic. So do, do you have a glider? Do you have funding? Is it now all come together or what stage are you at? So uh, the major things on behalf of the championship organizers, that's the best uh, and uh, the greatest status. Uh, Liz uh, announced the fundraising and I checked that the needed amount has already been collected wow. and it was just in less than a week. Um, I think near 100 people contributed and it's a big thank you and gratitude to them as well. I but don't but people can still contribute, right? It's not over yet because that money will go to other good causes, right? Right. 
so uh, the minimum amount is there and uh, the contribution and the link is still open. Uh, by the way, it could be found on the championship website. So if you look and go for Women's World Gliding Championship 2022, so there is a big banner uh, which leads to the link or, or they have Facebook page and the link could be also found there. And that's actually the plan. So if anyone else would like to contribute and donate some amount, it is still possible to do. And uh, the organizers will just share this amount to other good reasons. So I have uh, that link up on the Facebook page for the Thermal Podcast, and I will uh, put it up again to let Thank people you. know what they can do. So um, that's really good news. So what, what are you going to be flying, do you know? Yep. So they are providing, uh, they found, I don't know yet uh, from who these gliders come, uh, but actually I will be coming with another pilot from Ukraine. So she's uh, world championship in the past, Valentina Toporova. Right, so there are, two, uh, there are two of you going. Fantastic. Yeah, two of us are going and they are uh, giving us gliders. Uh, I think they are from other club members. I will be flying in the club class. Uh, I will be flying a, a Sweet 20. I never saw this glider, but I think that's okay. And I will have time to do it before the championship. Fantastic. So you'll get used to the glider. Uh, yeah, actually, I am getting used to many new things these <laughs> days. Because, uh, you know, all, uh, plenty of changes, plenty of things to do, plenty of new information. And uh, yeah, I never, I have never been so busy and so much uh, exposed to new things as I am in these days, which is actually not bad. Well, it's nice to see a little bit of positivity in in light of the, uh, you know, the sort of shit show the world's in right now, especially what's happening in your country. And um, one of the reasons why I decided to go is actually because it is the time when we need to be more open to the global community, to uh, meet more people and uh, actually convey the message that uh, what is happening in Ukraine, it doesn't stop the life, but it is even more important that the global community in the sports, in the politics, in the business, that we should be getting more united and, uh, you know, maybe find the ways to stop it and right, spreading right. the information. Because the bad thing, what is often happening uh, in such conflicts, that when they are far away, so people are getting tired from these bad news. And uh, on the other hand, all people live their own lives and they have their uh, daily challenges and uh, you you probably know so when you we, hear but the some... world we should not ignore what's going on it's easy to turn off the radio on the tv news but that's the wrong thing to do we need to stay informed we need to know what's going on and we need to do what we can that's my take on it yeah and when you know people personally uh, then you take more interest about yeah. what is going on uh, going on around well, I hope that and, there will be a lot of glider pilots around the world that may not be paying too much attention to Ukraine, but they'll pay attention to this interview and they will learn about what's been going on. 
So it's important. I agree. Elena, are, are there any obstacles uh, left before you can go? Do you have everything in order, all the ducks in a row? And um, thank you for this question because it is really important. And I should say that this is my primary focus these days to have all administrative things completed. And uh, among them are the validation of Glider Pilot license. Ukraine is not an EASA member and I'm reaching out to Glider Pilots in Germany and in other European countries to find out the best and fastest way to do it so that I could start training in Europe. And the other question is uh, visa uh, for to enter UK and we are also working fast on it because these are really important preconditions for me to be Absolutely. In the championship. Well, one can only hope that in light of the situation that the, the bureaucrats will uh, kick into high gear and get this sorted out because it's it's important to, and speed is of the essence. Yeah, so speed is crucial. Elena, look, um, I wish you all the best at this summer's uh, Worlds. Uh, you know, I hope you have a great time flying and I hope you make the podium and have a fantastic, uh, fantastic time there. And we will talk again. Yes, that will be my first international competition. So I'm looking forward to it. I am sure it will be a great experience to me and I am really, really looking forward. Fantastic. Well, I hope uh, you and your family continue to stay safe, and we will talk again, Elena. Thank you very much. It was a great pleasure, and okay. thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. Elena Yakumchuk spoke to me from Berlin. If you want to donate and find out more, go to the GoFundMe.com page, and then look for Support Ukrainian Women Pilots to Attend WWGC 2022. Let's go to the GoFundMe page and then look for Ukrainian women pilots to attend WWGC 2022. The link is also up on the Thermals Facebook page. The Thermal Podcast is proud to support the Made in Canada automated task scoring platform, Proving Grounds. Developed by a team from the QNIM Gliding Club in Alberta, it's designed to safely turn novice glider pilots into true cross-country soaring pilots, and it really works. Proving Grounds has proven hugely successful and is now in use in Canada, Europe, the United States, and New Zealand. Check out episode number 15 of The Thermal, where I interviewed co-founder Patrick McMahon. For more information, go to their website, which is SoaringTasks.com. That's SoaringTasks.com. Liz Sparrow is the contest director at this summer's Women's World Gliding Championships. I've reached her at Husband's Bosworth, the location of this summer's contest. Hello, Liz. Nice to speak to you again. Hello, Harry. It's great to hear from you. Now, I just got off the phone with Elena. What a fabulous job you guys have been doing when it comes to trying to get the Ukrainian team over to the Worlds. What a great job. Well, do you know, I mean, it's one of those things that uh, we're obviously all horrified by what's going on. And uh, on a personal level, and I think other people feel the same, I've, I felt... Yes, I can certainly give, you know, I can do something for people that have come over in, in the area. I can 
some money to the humanitarian causes. But but my my donation to that sort of whilst it's a great thing gets lost in the sea of it being big amounts. But there's something specific that I could do. Yeah. And that is see whether we can make contact with any of the Ukraine pilots and just, you know, and to be honest, Harry, we weren't expecting anybody to come. What we just wanted to do is get a message of support to them and say, look, you know, we're thinking of you. We know you're out there. And and, and I just said to, to people, you know, pass this round that if anybody is in Europe and can hitch a lift over, even if they don't fly, just to be among fellow fellow women pilots, we'd just love to see you and we make you our guests. But, but now then, it looks like you've got two female pilots from Ukraine well, and it's going to work out. Yeah. I, I, absolutely delighted that, uh, that uh, we'd... We we just we got an email from um, the secretary of the uh, Ukraine Gliding Federation, who happens to be Valentina Toporova, and saying we would like to enter Elena, and and I went brilliant. And are you coming too? And she said, Well, I don't have any kit either. And I said, It's not a problem, is it? <laughs> so uh, so so we we basically we we found uh, some loans of gliders the competition organizations providing one another pilots providing another uh, and and we thought well we weren't quite sure at that stage where they were what anything would cost so we we've uh, thought right okay we can't you know we can't uh, take it out of all of the, the all of it out of uh, competition funds so i think people want to help yeah. and goodness me have people wanted to help Oh, and great. we've uh, we've set up this fundraiser. It's already beaten the the target, uh, and and so we're we're really delighted. And and what what we're going to do with with any monies over the target? We said to start with, it was broadly mostly to uh, to to cover the costs for for them so that they could compete completely as our guests. Mm -hmm. um, but five percent of it would go to humanitarian causes, uh, disaster emergency committee, or something. But anything that uh, anything now we've reached our target, we also said we would split fifty-fifty between uh, supporting a team, the Ukrainian team, hopefully to go to the women's worlds, the next women's worlds, and the other half to go straight now to uh, humanitarian causes. Yeah, so, uh, so yeah. you know, we're we're just delighted. I understand there's still a few bureaucratic obstacles to overcome, paperwork, licenses, and, and that kind of uh, stuff. Well, first of all, they need visas to get here. And uh, unfortunately, uh, the UK is in the news about Ukrainian visas for all the wrong reasons. But uh, we're getting good, great support from um, the UK sport organization, which is which helping us uh, there. They're helping us. We've got a great friend in there, and she's helping us uh, navigate our way through that. Um, and then licensing and so on. Yes, again, uh, licensing is a problem, of course, for some people who don't necessarily have all of the usual paperwork with them because of the circumstances. Uh, and we are working through, again, with, with, with help from our CAA on that. And fingers crossed, they're uh, making it. Very simple for well, maybe, us. Maybe so, a quick email yeah. to your prime minister, who seems to, uh, you know, take great pride in, uh, you know, getting things done. Maybe a quick email to Boris Johnson would help. <laughs> uh, 
<laughs> well, you never know. You never know. Carrie, I think you and I have similar similar politics yeah, in general, if, so I'm not going to say anything. But if at it all cuts the paperwork, <laughs> if it cuts the paperwork, you never know. You never know. Yes. Hey, so let's yes, talk. Let's talk about the contest itself. Uh, I know you've been working on it uh, for a couple of years now, and I think it was supposed to happen last year, but you canceled because of COVID. Talk to me about the contest. How many how many competitors and classes have you got going? Before I tell you about that, it made me made me laugh when I was actually looking at uh, some of the original sort of brain dump documents when we first bid for it. And do you know, Kerry, it it wasn't two or three years ago. It was actually almost exactly five years ago that we uh, first put together our thoughts on how we might bid for it. So that's how long it's been. Wow. <laughs> you could have had four Seems or five like children in that period of time. That's crazy. Uh, yeah. Well, it, well, uh, but so much better to run a comp, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> says, says, the, yeah. says the woman who has no kids. Yeah. Okay, so so we have got um, one or two still to be confirmed one way or the other, but we've got 46 pilots from 12 nations. Mm -hmm. So, you know, this, this is uh, uh, quite a good result. We'd like a few more people. There are obviously um, Russia and Belarus can't compete this year, um, but... Uh, 12 nations is just a really great, uh, really great uh, spread. So now, I'm, I'm very pleased with that. Were the Russians and Belarusians uh, registered? Were they planning to come? They, they, they weren't. They weren't. But I think they, there was a possibility they were making a late entry because they, they, they were actually already booked to fly in the pre-worlds for the next mm -hmm. one. So, so we were sort of half expecting a, a late entry from them. So uh, it is too bad. So. I mean, it's people getting caught up in this whole thing, and I, mean, I feel bad yes, for those pilots as well. I, I feel I, I feel bad for them, but you know what? What I I support absolutely the principle that if a state behaves in an unacceptable way, unfortunately, the, the citizens of that state uh, yeah. have to bear. Yeah, the, no, I, I agree. The, the I agree, but it's still, you know? so, yeah. it's still, yeah, it's it's yeah. rotten. It's yeah. rotten for them because yeah. you know, and uh, and uh, I'm sure many of them are absolutely anti the organisation. But yeah. what can you do? Yeah, so rotten for them, but not as rotten as having your uh, country systematically dismantled around you. Now, which is um, what of course is happening in Ukraine. At, at this contest, I know you were at Lake Keepit in 2019. I guess the only mm -hmm. real big disappointment is the Australian team has decided not to come because of the the whole fiasco and cheating allegations out of out of those worlds. Uh, will, will that be the elephant in the room with the, the Australian team not there? Um, I think that they have a period of uh, healing that they'll have to go through and, uh, you know, they'll come out the other side of it. But uh, no, I, we weren't expecting any of them to come and... Uh, and none of them are coming. So uh, yeah. that's too bad. But uh, again, it's stuff that happens, and and those are consequences, I guess. Whether it's it's proper as you or not. say. Yeah. Well, we and and of course we we were uh, one side of that appeal. So we we have our our views, and our, our views were upheld. Mm -hmm. So uh, that's the way it goes. Um, that that was the process. So, getting back to this contest, talk to me a little bit about the logistics, the airfield you're flying from, 
where is it in the UK? And uh, talk to me about the conditions that you're hoping okay, for. Okay. So, yes. So um, the club is called the Gliding Centre. It's at Husbands Bosworth Airfield. And Husbands Bosworth is pretty much smack in the middle of England, to be honest. Uh, and we picked it for that reason. It's it's quite central, and uh, so there's really no excuse for anybody not to be able to get to it to come along and watch or come along and join in and so on. Um, uh, as a result of that, it gets good weather generally. Um, further away from the coast. We did some analysis of what... Yeah, further, further, further from the coast, so longer ground tracks. We did some analysis uh, of competition days and days flown cross country and uh Husbos, as it is known um is certainly one of the one of the uh, best best venues in the country for uh, days when you're able to fly cross country yeah. and and i can tell you carrie we've had some absolutely storming conditions so far this year we've we've had uh, you know high high cloud bases uh, strong climbs and we've been racing from side to side of the country up and down at, at high speed so i'm just hoping we haven't worn the weather out already <laughs> now this airfield you're flying so, from it's a big old world 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 war ii air base so you know i can imagine five thousand foot paved strip that kind of thing no, it, it's it it is a, a world war ii air base but um it's actually the northern part of it uh, and there is a road that runs down the middle between it and the southern part which actually has uh, um, the the police helicopter flies off a little strip on the southern hmm. southern part so so it's it's boot shaped it's like a wellington boot with the main runway being the leg and um, all of the um, pilots will have the campsite and all the trailers and everything will be in the sort of toe of the boot okay. and and it runs it runs east west um and it's in an area around here it's just sort of absolutely rolling english countryside you nice. know it doesn't get much more english countryside than than it is around here um it's quite quite good thermal territory it's pretty free of airspace We've got Birmingham up, up to our northwest, so there's a sort of sector that we can't go into to the northwest. But uh, we can go north, we can go south, we can go west, we can go east. And uh, generally, you know, because it's fairly central, whichever way the wind is blowing, you can pick a direction from here that gives you a nice long land track to to get decent conditions. So uh, fingers good. crossed. Now, are yes. you excited after all this work? I'm preparing to be very excited. No, that's not true. I, I am excited. I, I, I'm really excited because, as as I th think we may have mentioned before, we've obviously we've got this as a competition. And first and foremost, it's an international gliding competition. But the reason we bid to hold it was because we wanted to make a big noise about gliding, mm -hmm. uh, raise, raise the profile of it, and particularly to women and girls. Mm -hmm. And the things that we've developed alongside, we've been really working very hard. We've been engaging with the local community, with local business, and with uh, local uh, government 
uh, to to make sure that everybody knows about it. We've got them on board. They're joining in with everything. And, and I think so, you know, this is something that we're really going to be, it's going to be very visible when it happens. Great. And we've actually got uh, uh, the middle weekend of the competition. We've got a uh, public open weekend with exhibition, um, two exhibitions, or at least a, a, a general exhibition with, with two themes, one on women in aviation. Mm-hmm. through history and today and we'll get some great current uh, role models as well as uh, some of the older <clears throat> more historical ladies in a, uh, exhibition stands uh, and then we're also putting together a, a small but rather nice sustainable aviation show oh, that sounds where good. we're just going to focus on because of course gliding once you're in the air it's uh, entirely emissions free but uh, Improving ways of getting into the air, looking at uh, how we improve performance of gliders, which, of course, as we all know, moves over to using less fuel in uh, in uh, electric here commercial we aircraft. Electric, yeah, absolutely. Uh, so, and and we're sort of hoping because there apparently there is a hydrogen-powered Antares out there. We don't know whether we're going to be able to get that in, but that would be quite nice. But we're, we're getting some some electric aircraft in and some electric cars. And alongside alongside all of this, there'll be uh, the stuff that really gets people there. There'll be activities for kids. There'll be uh, craft stalls and there'll be lots of food stands. Sure. So, and, you know, and it's going the, to be a bit of a, a festival. And for the pilots like, like me, there's going to be lots of great competition flying and, and results to watch and, you know, nice finishes yeah, and that sort of stuff. And, yeah. Yeah, and uh, what what we're we're doing? We're going to have a like a, a big outdoor screen that we'll be showing. We'll we'll be showing the tracking on, and we'll have like three three D tracking like they have at the mm-hmm. the Grand Prix, um, and we'll be showing also some some videos just people that we can't get there in person right. that we'd like to hear from. We're going to try and get some videos and so let me let me ask that question. Will so, I be able to you know, it's gonna... watch this online like the Grand Prix? Uh, that's a very good question. You'll be able to watch the tracking, mm-hmm. definitely. Um, and what what else we will be able to do, I'm not sure. Okay. What but we stand can by, check, stream, the, check the website, that sort of thing. Keep on, keep on the website, yeah, absolutely. And, uh, <clears throat> you know, it's one of these things we, we would like to do lots and lots of things, but uh, we're constrained by our ability sure. to organize them. But it's sure. looking pretty... Pretty darn good, I would say, Harry. Pretty darn good. Well, Liz, so, I, I, I wish yeah. you all so, the so, best. So genuinely, very excited. Yeah, good. I, I'm I'm excited for you I, I and all the competitors, and I hope the Ukrainian team does incredibly well. So uh, anyway, I wish you all the best. Have a very safe contest, and uh, I'm sure we'll be talking again soon. Yeah, brilliant. Okay. Great to speak to you. Uh, you too, Liz. And I hope uh, I hope your airfield dries out so you can get yourself in the air very <laughs> me, soon. Me too. Thanks. Talk to you later. Bye-bye. Cheers. Bye. Liz Sparrow is the contest director at this year's Women's World Gliding Championships. She spoke to me from Husbands Bosworth, UK. That's it for episode number 33 of The Thermal. I will be back again in June with another show. I can be reached at the Thermal Podcast, all one word at gmail.com. That's the Thermal Podcast at gmail.com. 
And now that the flying season has started in the Northern Hemisphere, remember to do a positive control check after rigging. There's already been one fatality after failing to check connections properly. Thanks for centering the Thermal Podcast. See you next time. I'm Harry Tenkate. Fly safe.